Hey, how are you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have been doing so good with sleep. Like Robert had been sleeping so good. And then I don't know when, what happened, but he's been up a couple times a night now, which is just, I don't know, just freaking sleep. <laughs> yeah. That's so frustrating, but it's like, yeah, you have a good streak and then it's, oh, someday you'll sleep again. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, last night it was like Robert was up. I got him back down and then Cam woke up and then got him back down and then like slept for a little bit. But like what's been happening? What happened last night was like Robert's up, then Cam's up. Cam's up for like a second. Like Cam's not really up. He just needs you to be like, go back to sleep. But then then I, my brain is like on. And that's, and that's when I sent you that. I was on TikTok. TikTok <laughs> literally destroys your brain. Like I will go on the record to say that because if I even look, turn on that app at night, I cannot sleep for hours. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas if I like am up with like the baby and I like look at my phone for a little bit, usually I can fall back asleep. And welcome to the Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast. I'm Addie Holzman. And I'm Haley Kava. We're friends, pelvic floor physical therapists, moms, and occasional hot messes who are here for real, uncensored conversations about all things pelvic health. And because our conversations are uncensored, they're likely not appropriate for little ears. Please remember our disclaimer. Although we both are licensed physical therapists, we are not your physical therapist. Yeah, anyways. And our content is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team for individualized advice, diagnoses, and treatment. It's Quit just not. like too stimulating. I think, yeah, I think it's really, sti- I mean, probably no more stimulating than like reels are now, but something about the things that they choose for you on TikTok. It's accurate, right? It picked that... <laughs> We were like, we need to make a new position for the guy that is a, uh, you know, is a vulva owner on top position. And then like, bam. I'm all about that. Like, I seriously want to get one of those. Seriously. Haley sent me a video, like a TikTok of, I don't know, what would you call it? Like a chair that has like two straps under your legs. And then um, it's like a little hammock. Like it's like a a camping like a chair stool? it looks like, like a, a stool so yeah. like if picture like a lounge like a if you were sitting on like a lounge like an old school lounge chair and then had like an old school lounge chair footrest that went with it right like like yeah. that wire or like that tubing and then on the tubing it has two like two straps that you would sit on and then you can move them in or out and then it goes over your partner and so then you can go for a ride, <laughs> go for a ride. <laughs> without having to tire out your legs so what I like about that too I I wonder if you could adjust the height I would imagine they would let you adjust the height but yeah, I think so. one thing I don't like about being on top like when you're kneeling is I feel like when my hip flexors and back are tight like I just can't control my pelvis as much and it like just yanks me into that extension. Whereas if you're sitting on that, you could be in more of a squat position and have your feet flat and not burn out your <laughs> quads before you 
reach the top. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think it's worth trying. So I think I've I've found a topic that we have not touched okay. in a year and a half. Do you know what smegma is? Yeah, dick cheese. <laughs> I've never heard. Have that. you never played Cards Against Humanity? Um, I have, but dick cheese has never been in my <laughs> my hand. <laughs> well, so, smegma, like smegma, is in the Cards Against Humanity box, and I remember like at, like the first time playing that. Like a bunch of people were like, what? We didn't know what it was. And then other people at the, at the group told us that. Yeah. It's like, it's, I mean, women have it too. It's like in what's in between the folds of our labia. Yeah. So it's us. like dead skin cells and oil that basically mm-hmm. gets trapped and usually talked about in terms of like penises, specifically uncircumcised. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I thought that was interesting because I maybe I just don't pay attention enough (laughs) like when I shower I'm not like looking down there normally you know what I mean is like do your thing your hands know (laughs) saying that it was like normal yeah yeah Yeah. totally normal just like can be like wiped away with a warm cloth it's just dead skin cells and oils and typically can increase if you work out a lot or stuff like that so I think it's worth putting it out there yeah i think you know all in the in the in the name of normalizing you know body secretions and body body stuff right like again breaking down the the system of like scented wipes breaking down the system of scented washes in in the effort to eliminate smegma to eliminate normal maybe even potentially helpful aspects of our vulvar environment that help our vulvar microbiome thrive Mm -hmm. and when we try to eliminate it constantly um it's not good for other things do you think that so i've come across a couple things and this is nothing new i've i've kind of been a believer in this for a while but that foods dictate your vaginal biome smell taste all of that stuff um maybe probably not to like a crazy degree you know what I mean probably hydration being probably one of the most important I would say oh yeah for sure so like across the board if I eat a lot of asparagus my pee will always smell like asparagus but I wouldn't say then also that like my vulva smells like asparagus right I, I don't i mean or bobby never reported that it's like asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so yesterday i got back into like lifting heavy after literally for the first time in 2022 because <laughs> january was a complete wash for us and i'm reminded like how important it is to do some pelvic floor like relaxation after that shit because when my butt gets tight, I feel like it gets then like when I shower, it like stings. It's almost like it gets so tight that the skin, the skin isn't getting air. And then it almost like breaks down a little bit and like yeah. gets not fissures, but kind of like, like mini fissures. 
And I was just like, oh, <laughs> like, I forgot to do my pelvic relaxation after lifting yesterday. And I totally am paying for it. But lately, I've noticed a really strong trend in my clients who lift and, and postpartum. The ones that actually have had PT in the past or have had coaching, which is interesting because they're more knowledgeable and like aware of how things work. They're focusing too much on contracting their pelvic floor when they work out, like lifting. They're like focusing on like every exhale. They're like trying to lift the pelvic floor. And then they get to a point where they don't feel any movement at all anymore because it's when it's up and it's up and it's up and it's stuck, right? I appreciate that they know how things are supposed to work and like how to move their pelvic floor. But now I'm trying to teach them like you don't have to every breath cycle be like consciously moving your pelvic floor. Do that in your exercises prior, like in a warm up, connect with the pelvic floor, get those ribs moving, you know, connect the system and then just work out. Unless you're like maxing out lifts or like you're doing something new and you're trying to like gauge how your pelvic floor is going to respond. You do not have to obsess about lifting your pelvic floor every exhale yeah, or I like to sometimes just put it in like a constraint so if I'm doing like like a heavier deadlift I'll just give myself a yoga block right mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. it's like okay this is my reminder to give support to the front of my pelvic floor but I don't I'm not going to actually like squeeze right and actually yeah. more so my reminder to relax my butt when that block is in there so a client shared a lifting profile this I think she's got like a fair amount of followers I can't remember if it was 15,000 or 100,000 somewhere somewhere in there um I don't know the account is something like Lindsay lifts or something but she's a popular lifter and her she did a reel on basically in the culture of heavy lifting one how guys are like real cool with women leaking which part of me is like I'm like that is cool that they're not like ew gross like and that they're supportive and understanding about that like I really do I do think that's awesome but her argument was that if you get to the point where you are lifting like at your maxes that you're gonna leak it just happens and I don't agree with that (laughs) because looking at the way she's lifting, it's like super wide stance, lots of external rotation, a belt for support. And I'm like, well, yeah, lifting in that position for sure. But like, well, and I think because in powerlifting, you have to be in those positions for competition because you're trying to max out and that you're trying to train there up to there. That doesn't mean that your training is exclusively those types of lifts. Right. Yes. And so how I feel about that and like I I the with the limited powerlifters I've worked with online is like yeah yeah okay let's do all the things to support the system throughout your training now so that things are stronger. Your max lift is probably actually going to be higher and you're not leaking throughout training. Because leaking is a pressure loss. We've lost pressure control at the bottom. And so you actually are losing efficiency. And so if then on your competition day, you've now PR'd and you're going for something beyond your PR in the next round of lifting, 
NGP, okay, right? Because it's happening once. It's not something that's been going on throughout the entire process. It is when you are pushing your body to the absolute limit of what it can do. And so mm-hmm. it would make sense that when you are at the peak, peak, peak of your maximum lift and you can't do it and you pee or you can do it and you pee a little bit. Okay. We can then come back into training, then start to build up to those amounts of loads, challenge your system in different ways, mm-hmm. and then progress that even further. But if we just accept that the leak is the, is that we're going to push through the leak or the leak is our max point then yeah, it's not acceptable. We can do better. <laughs> yeah. And like, if you're in competitions and doing powerlifting, absolutely. You need to, to do certain positions and techniques. Yeah. Perfect. But most people who lift, right. They're not being scored on their technique right. or like position. Right. Um, and like, I, just from personal experience, I've maxed out where like, I feel like my legs could not do anymore like that was it and I have never leaked when I've lifted ever and so it is possible to like reach your maxes and not leak but I mean this is coming from someone who's like obsessed with PRI and restorative exercises but like and I think like the particularly these types of athletes who are looking to yet that half of a kilogram more this you know are are really so committed to their sport spend hours and hours and hours training in the gym just do some breathing exercises mm-hmm. right or like change the position of your body restore the system so that it can turn over and recover faster and then we need less rest time we need less you know less intervals between workouts like i think there's no losing Mm-hmm. And, and including some restorative activity in your your program and the added benefit is that then you're not going to be the girl peeing your pants right and what was concerning to me in her post was she was talking about how she had pelvic floor pt and she's like aware of that and whatever but you know it's not going to help you all the time when you're reaching your maxes and And then if you're, if you basically your message was, if you are reaching your maxes, you're going to pee yourself. And then she had all these comments like, oh, I've never peed myself. Is that, is that a thing? Like, am I not not pushing myself like hard enough? And I'm like, oh no, (laughs) this is, this is not a message that we want spreading. Yeah. That's not the message. And, and I think it's like, maybe you saw a pelvic floor PT who had you do Kegel on the table or helped you relax your pelvic floor on the table, but did your PT come to the gym with you? Yeah. Did your PT practice these things with you and try different activities before and after lifts? Like to say, to just say that those methods, that that methodology as a global thing, it was not helpful is really damaging. Right. And did that PT understand lifting and understand the amount of like pressure management and, you know, pelvic hip, whatever that that sport needs? Right. You know, just because your PT doesn't mean that you understand lifting. If like 98% of their caseload is older women with incontinence and then this like elite lifter comes in, they're going to have no clue. Right. right. And that's not their fault. Doesn't mean they're a bad physical therapist. No, it not at means all. It wasn't a good match. Um, right. 
which is yeah. yeah part of why we do things the way we do things so that we can match with the types of clients that we that we want to match with yeah i had um i have a military guy that i've been seeing for like a year and a half just very sporadically on and off who wants to get back to like lifting um he's probably i don't know how many sessions he's had i probably see him every three months or so just to like check in and like change his program and he, he messaged me a couple weeks ago and he was like i have not worked on like heavy lifting i haven't worked on like really pushing my weight and i like did some weights today and my weight increased like significantly for the minimal weight training I've done this past like six months, year or so. And he contributes it all to feeling more balanced in that, you know, we've been doing all kinds of PRI stuff and <laughs> he doesn't match like typical patterns at all. He's been really making me think um, baseball player. So all kinds of like, yeah and so I thought that was really cool like he has it you don't have to like keep grinding away at the weight to get better you have to to sense and control your body and know you know how to work that system to get stronger so yeah, efficiency, that was cool. efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. like we can all struggle right, right. we can all yeah. struggle and slug it out in the gym and slowly and gradually see minimal improvement <laughs> right. And then get injured and then backpedal right back to the beginning. Or we can, uh, that's sort of the mindset I like to take with postpartum clients too, is like, you can do that influencer program, go ahead. But when you then are the exact same as you were then before, is that the goal? Yeah. Right. Is the goal to get back to how you were or some version of how you were, or is it to be a little better? Mm -hmm. Is it to be a little bit more aware? Is it to be a little bit more, have a little less back pain, have a little less neck pain, be more confident with running. And so usually my, my approach in the beginning is slower than a lot of these, a, a lot of other programs, but it's like, no, on purpose. Mm -hmm. um, so that our limit there, the limit does not exist as a, you know, mean, uh, mean girls, that's a mean girls quote <laughs> i have not watched that in like oh my gosh are you decades. even a millennial girl if you haven't watched mean girls wasn't well, that like high school that was like ages ago Haley. <laughs> like ages. it's like part of our culture <laughs> maybe i should watch it just to like feel you know reminiscing yeah. again <laughs> she's a she's a math nerd and in the math competition it's like a calculus question and the answer is that the limit does not exist <laughs> I love it. With the Super Bowl stuff, there was a meme that was like, oh, finally, they didn't choose all these old guys like Bon Jovi and da da da. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, there were so finally, many memes. It's finally like my, you know, my age. And then it was, and then it hits you. <laughs> like, yeah, like now you're, you're old. old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Damn. Yeah. There were so many memes. But I, I liked the 50 Cent memes. I didn't see any of those. A 50 cent episode. Did you watch them the halftime show? I the second half of it. I came oh. in at Mary J. Blige. So when 50 Cent came in, do you remember his music video where he was like in the gym and he was hanging upside down and rapping upside down? Was that associated with the eight mile? 
video? No, uh, movie? no, it was like his first music video. They like oh. the Go Shorty song. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. So he's hanging upside down in that original music video, topless. He's like ripped, and he's wrapping upside down. And at the <laughs> halftime show, he comes in the same way. He's upside down, wrapping upside down. But he's he's gained weight, and he's older. Yeah, so like, he's a lot older. <laughs> he was singing upside down, and it looked like he was struggling to. I don't know if he was actually singing or lip syncing, but he was struggling to perform hanging upside down. Can you imagine singing upside down? And then just his body, like the way it like shifted when he was hanging upside down and good for him. Like, I mean, and it was like, it was an iconic moment and like, it was sort of triggered these memories of when he first came on the scene and like, all that stuff and so I was like good on him for for doing it that stuff in the halftime show is what made everyone like relate to it so much it it was just like flashback after flashback and all of these great memories of early 2000s (laughs) (laughs) Eminem came out in the early 2000s high schoolish for me I think yeah early 2000s yeah I wasn't allowed to listen to him (laughs) <laughs> because I was a little bit sheltered. <laughs> yeah, there was there was just so many memes. I still haven't convinced Ash to do menstrual cycle masks with me. How weird, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just like I joke about. It, he's like, you were so disgusting. <laughs> so it was a full moon last night. Yeah, it was. And I'm like due to get my period. So I'm surprised it didn't come last night. Interesting. Thought I was gonna be influenced by the moon you're a white moon then or are you the red moon i think i'm a white moon phase i'm opposite it's time to get down right now for me so wait so what is it okay tell me about this white and red moon phase i'm i'm pretty sure the red moon is when you have the period your period with a full moon and white moon phase is when you're ovulating with the full moon so red moon phase and this don't quote me on this because I briefly like read this on Instagram a couple times like I am not I am not a moon expert but the red moon phase people tend to be associated with healing and Mm. healers yeah and then us white moon people I don't know (laughs) what we do (laughs) um but yeah it was a gorgeous moon last night and I should yeah I feel I shouldn't be ovulating though until like early next week and I feel like I feel like things are happening because it's like, yeah, you just know with like all the fluids. It's so it's annoying. So, it's interesting now not being on hormonal hormonal birth control. Like, yeah, re- appreciating the changes in your discharge throughout the cycle and like recognizing, oh, okay, this makes sense. Versus like when you're, I feel like when I had an IUD, I was just like, I'm crazy right now and I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Where now I'm like, oh, I know I'm a little crazy. I can like rein it in a little bit. Yeah. I, okay. So here's a question. You're a cup user. So I need to hear this from another cup user. Do you just like sit in your bathroom sometimes? Now, given our bathroom is like this tiny little room, it's, it's probably right. a four feet by three feet, maybe. Your, the, the chamber room. Yes. Yeah. The toilet room is tiny. And sometimes I'm like going to the bathroom and I'm like, what the fuck? Why are there specks of blood on the door and the wall and the floor? Oh. <laughs> like, What is going on in here? I'm like, Ash, do you notice this? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, why don't you ever say anything to me? <laughs> so like, I don't know what happens when I take the cup out. It's not like I'm 
hasty or anything. Like I'm trying to be careful, but <laughs> it's like literally every month I'm like wiping down the walls and the, the door because there's little specks everywhere. And I'm like, oh, is this normal? So in our, our apartment there, it's, we just have one bathroom and it is like toilet, sink, tub, small, it's a small bathroom. And so my first couple of days with this copper ID period are like murder scene. And so I'm filling cups like, and, and so sometimes they're so full or like they've overflowed. And so trying to get, like, I'll stay on the toilet and I'll like be trying to get it over to the sink and like to dump it out in the sink. Without why, don't you just, up. why don't you just dump it in the toilet or sorry, I'll dump it in the toilet or I'm trying to just wash it out in the like sink. rinse it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I'm not trying to do that no I'm, it's definitely been dumped in the toilet <laughs> but it's precarious because it's like dripping a little bit like it's yeah soaked. there's occasionally like a drop or two that ends up on our tiles and our like these white tiles on the floor and usually I'll just like I see it I get it right away whatever right yeah or like once it's like rinsed out in the sink it you know it's gone there's no evidence of the crime and the one time there was like two big drops that had gone on the floor and I like didn't see them and Bobby like was like what is going on in here (laughs) are you okay (laughs) they're sneaky sneaky drops and you think you got it and oh I the first time ever this last week dropped my cup in the toilet and if that's not disgusting I don't it's know awful. what is I was just yeah, like I just boil it like I go and boil it I like washed it and then put it in the steamer and even yeah, then I was just like uh <laughs> I don't know if I want to put this back in um so, so I got I ordered period underwear at the last at the end of my cycle last time oh they're amazing so just kind of crappy Amazon ones like I mean or just want not necessarily crappy I haven't tried them yet but on Amazon I like put them on yesterday because I was like, it's coming. Cause like my periods are not before I get like a cramp or two that weren't painful. And then I'd be like, okay. And I have like a sign where now my periods are completely non-painful, like zero cramping, zero anything. And then they'll just, they'll sneak up on me. Hit you. Or, Or like, yeah, catch me where I'm like out in public and then like be unprepared. So I'm like, I'm going to be prepared for you this time. <laughs> I've got my period underwear on. They're amazing. I have three pairs now and I love them. Okay. So here is a question. Do you change the period underwear like you would change a pad or can you leave them on like all day if it's like super light and not? If it's not like, yeah, I don't, it depends on its absorbency, I guess. Because I haven't seen anywhere the recommendations of how, when, and how, you know, when to change them. How long it can stay on. I think if it's not damp on your skin, right? Like it's not. Yeah. I have gotten to the point a couple of times where I can feel it. It just feels heavier. Yeah. I think if you are at that point where it's full, then that would be kind of time. Then do you do anything before you throw it in the wash? Like, do you rinse it out? I rinse them out just because I don't want to like stain all your clothes. There's a lot of blood that comes out of them. Like a lot. Like it's surprisingly, 
it's just like, damn, where, where is this coming from? Yeah. And they like all have black liners. So you can't really see it until you start rinsing it out. And you're like, oh, okay. But yeah, I um, definitely rinse them out. And I've been really bad at remembering to hang dry them. And they get thrown in the dryer sometimes. And that, that shrinks them, which is sad. Because they're like $25 a piece, the Thinx yeah. underwear. I, I got a new, my mom got us a pair of Lululemons for, for Christmas. And I'm like, don't throw them in the dryer. Don't throw them in the dryer because I've just like all my other leggings. I'm like, F it, just throw them in the dryer. Yeah. And but my like new nice ones, I'm like, don't put them in the dryer. And the last like three times they've gone in the dryer, I'm like, I can't have nice things. I know, right? <laughs> Damn it. I mean, I'm not complaining about someone else switching over the dryer at all. <laughs> but know your okay. bush. Love your bush. Share, Share the, the bushy, bushy love. <laughs> communicate with Addie and I both in regards to the podcast questions, comments, concerns, topics that you want discussed on our podcast Facebook page, Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast, as well as our email account, which is Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast at gmail.com. You can also find our podcast on all the major podcast platforms. So please subscribe, comment and share all the bushy love. It's probably pretty obvious that our episodes are edited and produced by Addie and myself. (laughs) And our music is provided by Blockhead.